it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, scared to kick reality. Yo, yo, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, scared to kick reality. Get the gas Get the 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 it's the 401 episode five. I am Tanner Ward along with my buddy Nick Duskit. Hey, uh, this is Thursday, January 16th. When we are recording this, you can follow us at 401 pod at Tanner Ward seven at in Duskit four seven. That is in does chat four seven. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Help us get the word out about the show. Before we started, we were right about 99 plays. Got to hit that 100 mark through our first four episodes. Thank you to everyone who has listened so far. Greatly appreciated from both Nick and I. We are putting a lot of work into the show, and we want to see it grow. We are relying on self-promotion at the moment. So please help us spread the good words of 401. Tell your friends, tell your family about the 401. Help us continue this momentum. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because we all know this is five-star material. And throw us some retweets on the Twitter. Share a post on the Facebook. It is all greatly appreciated. You heard that intro song. That was for LSU winning the national title over Clemson. 42 to 25. We're going to kick the show off with that. A quick recap because you've probably heard some stuff or watched the game. You don't need an in-depth review of that game. So just a quick recap. Uh, Clemson was up, what, 17 to 7 at one point. LSU dominated after that. Uh, Joe Burrow said they were never in doubt they were going to win that game. Uh, Not even a big pump-up speech or anything at halftime. And they just dominated from there, 42-25. And Nick won another bet. Yeah, I almost uh, tripled the line, and I still won it on you. Yeah, so the line, I believe, was, what, five and a half? Yeah. So me and Nick made our own bet where uh, whoever was willing to go the highest with the LSU line got to take LSU. Nick went up to 15. I decided I would take Clemson plus 15, and I was two points short. Yeah, their offense woke up, and when they wake up, they're uh, they're dangerous. Obviously, they just have the best wide receiver and the best quarterback. All I needed was a field goal. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, now I owe Nick a uh, six-pack of beer. I think I'll uh, to be determined which beer I want, though. Yeah, you let me know on that, and uh, I'll hook you up, I guess. It's better than a beer mile. Yeah, that is true. So... Yeah, so we ran another poll on our account. It was a Joe Burrow poll. I think I tweeted this out uh, after maybe the SEC championship game, but I retweeted it out again just to see if the numbers would change. So basically it was, do you think Joe Burrow will have more wins at LSU, which is 25 now, he was there for two years, or will he have more wins 
in his rookie contract with the Cincinnati Bengals, presuming he goes there at number one overall and presuming he has he is healthy for all five seasons of that rookie contract. You had a little bit of doubt on that 25th win, actually, too. You, um, I think last time you were just kind of like, if he gets that win, he'll have 25. When he well, gets they, that win, he'll have 25, like you <laughs> said. I should have said that, but I didn't want to jinx it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, there was no way I was going to say with 25 during the game. So I put it, yeah, if he wins tonight, he'll be at 25. They did win, obviously. So 25 wins is the number to hit two years at LSU, or will he have more than 25 wins after five years with the Bengals? That's averaging five wins a year. And if you think Burrow is this good, and honestly, if you think about it, Zach Taylor, a good offensive coach, and he has, assuming A.J. Green comes back, which I think he does with Burrow there. They already have some other weapons. Joe Mixon, obviously an elite running back. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Another good receiver, Alex Erickson, Auden Tate, not bad receivers. They can obviously add more weapons there. Their tight ends aren't terrible. I mean, they're pretty decent with Tyler Reifert and uh, CJ Uzama. Yeah, I actually changed my my poll thing on you, too. I told you before I thought Joe Burrow, college career, he would have more wins. But seeing him play in that national championship game and just he looked like an NFL quarterback through and through. So I, I think he, at least by year three, he might get up in that 10, 10 win range. Is it Burroughs or Burrow? Burrow. No S. No S. I'm terrible with S's in the, in the names. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get Cooks and Cook wrong every single player I like name. I'm like, I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> but I mean, there's a Cook, there's a Cooks, there's a Samuel with Samuels. It's so hard just to remember. All right, so yeah. Uh, so do you, I, I think. Do you think he'll I get think Burrow, ten wins? Maybe his third year in the. I NFL? don't see it. I don't see it in the third year. Uh, I could definitely see it a little bit, like towards the end of his rookie contract, though. I don't think they're that close because ten wins is ten wins would have put them in the playoffs this year because the Titans went nine and seven, got the sixth seed. I don't see them in the playoff hunt in the first three years. I could be dead wrong. If Burrow is this good, if he performs as well as what he's looking right now, obviously he's not going to perform this well because he's going to be facing professional athletes, professional defenses, not college kids. But if he can perform as good as what he's looking now, then yeah, maybe maybe they are in that discussion in three years. Maybe that does turn it up, but I don't think that team is that close. I th- so everything around him I think is too far away. I believe he's a better Sam Darnold. I see them kind of like similarities and all that, but I honestly think Joe Burrow's right now is better than Sam Darnold. Yeah, but we haven't seen Burrow against an NFL defense. I'm not saying yeah, you're wrong. I think wise. I do think I do think Burrow is better than Darnold, but we haven't seen what he can do against an NFL defense yet. Yeah, exactly. So Burrow's stat line in that national championship game: thirty-one of forty-nine, four hundred sixty-three yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Oak against OU in the semifinal game, 29 of 39, 493 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So for the college football playoffs, the top four teams in the nation, he beat two of them. He was 60 of 88, 956 yards, 12 touchdowns. Jesus. And he I mean, he does have weapons all around him for sure. 
Um, well, but, I mean, their defense isn't that great. Clemson had a couple easy touchdowns, I would say, actually, against their defense. So, yeah. Well, I kind of want to compare that. Ryan Tannehill in two playoff wins this year <laughs> has 15 completions, 160 yards, and three quarters in two games. That's a Burrow first quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a completely different story with the run game, but comparing those two numbers right now is outrageous. It's it's hilarious, and I mean, it's just something to think about, but it really has no connection with each other, but I like where your head's at. Yeah, so again, I think Burrow is very good. I think he's going to have a very successful for a year, but I kind of expect him not to struggle, but also temper expectations. He just set the bar so high for himself that I think people, it's not going to take a lot of failure for people to kind of think he's not as good as what he's been playing. That's just how high he set the bar. But I think he's going to be pretty damn good his rookie year. Yeah, I see the biggest thing that's probably he's going to make his, uh, has to make a, a step up in NFL is the 50 50 balls that you can no longer throw, which he had dominant wide receivers, well, like I throw. said. Yeah, but if he has A.J. Green, he can still throw that 50-50 right, ball. If he has A.J. Green, he can do that. But other than that, you can't. And A.J. Green's going to be triple covered pretty much. No, not really because, I I mean, I listed their offensive weapons earlier. But if you triple cover – ah, I mean, triple not like cover? realistically triple cover him, but he's going to be covered the whole game as tight as but even can. If you can. If you focus too much attention on A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd's going to have a day and a half. Yeah, I would agree. And then another right, another thing is oh, uh, not being Superman. Um, he can't just – he's got to learn how to throw it away every once in a while. And, I mean, every quarterback that comes into the league, um, I think of really Jameis, obviously, but Jameis still has a problem not knowing to throw it away. Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston thinks he can fit any ball in any window. <laughs> Um, and then Baker Mayfield, actually, I think, had a hard time realizing that he can't be that dominant player right away. He has to learn the game a little bit more. And But I think I think the different note or difference there, and this will be my last note on Burrow, is that he looks smarter than other quarterbacks coming out of the draft as far as his football IQ goes. I think he already understands situational football of, I'm just going to have to throw this away. I think he's going to understand it's okay to punt sometimes, take – you know, take a sack or, you know, try and throw the ball into double, triple coverage. So I think he's going to excel there and limit his turnovers early on in his career just because he already understands that. I think he's actually, he's a, a senior, right? Yeah, he's so coming he's out of the draft at like 23. Do you know, did you hear what college he wanted to go to and they didn't accept him? Who? Nebraska. Wow, yeah. boy, they, they screwed up. They screwed the pooch. Well, he went to Ohio State first, correct? Yeah. All right, yeah, and then he went to LSU for his final two years. So Nebraska, oh, yeah. Nebraska was like his dream college. So Really? Yep. Wanted to go from Ohio to Nebraska? Yeah. Does he not like populated cities? Because he's going to go to oh. Cleveland in the NFL, so it kind of fits. Or, I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, I was going to say. I, Lincoln just, is a big city, though. But you can just name any Ohio State, and they're all the same. So, a <laughs> uh, couple more LSU notes: they become the first team ever with seven wins over top ten teams in a single season. Seven wins. So, I mean, not only did they go fifteen and zero, 
they were battle tested in half of those just as far as rankings go. They also become the first SEC team ever to go 15 and 0. It's hard to be perfect. I know that. I wonder if um, yeah, Alabama. I know, I know that from yeah. personal experience. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I wonder if Alabama <laughs> would have at least tied that if they won one of those national championships that they lost to Clemson. Yeah, I I don't know what like how many games that Bama played, like even in their championship runs. But yeah, LSU also scored. LSU also scored 726 points, most ever points scored in a season during the AP poll era. So they, I mean, they dominated this entire season. Do you think this is the greatest college football team ever, or at least the greatest college football team in our lifetime? For sure, our lifetime. I would say like the, um, I think it was 98 or 99 Miami, University of Miami. That 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 late nineties, early two thousands Miami team probably in the conversation. I wrote down uh the Florida Gators when Tebow was there because they dominated. Uh heck, even Nebraska Matt dominated Wyatt. right before Miami did. They they had a couple of really good games and Nebraska beat yeah, them once I mean, and I think Miami beat them the next time. Penn State also in that era with Miami. Uh Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush with the USC Trojans, Pete Carroll, those teams maybe. And of course, Vince Young, Longhorns. Do you remember who uh, his running back was for Texas? I do not. I don't remember either. We'll move on. All right. So, uh, another note from the championship game. Why the hell are these games so long? Dude, those freaking commercials, man. They just make bank off of it. They just make more money off those college kids. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they can. For, For one, I think it's already too far away from the rest of the season. Like, they need to have maybe – how many weeks are between the semifinal and the championship game? I think it was only two. Is say. it? Two or three. I think it's two. Okay. So, two is right. They need that week off, just like the Super Bowl has the week off. But it just – I don't feel like it's college football season anymore. But they have like a month after their their um, conference uh, championship yeah. game, right? Yeah, so so should they move up the bowls then? I think they should, but I mean, there's so many. So just make more bowls, and then we won't notice it. (laughs) I can't say that word right now. Bowls, 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 bowls. Just make more bowls. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite things is listening to Nick struggle pronouncing a word. Dude, that's just a weird word. Bold. Let's, let's get off bowls here. Hey, wait! I do uh, have a, no. I do have one thing too. Yeah, longest baseball game ever was a AAA game. Red Sox AAA team. I don't know who it is in Rochester. The Paul, what the Paul Tuckett? Yeah, Paul Tuckett Red Sox. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> in the Rochester Red Wings. Rochester. It's Rochester. Well, I don't care. I got Paul Tuckett right, so. Right. Um, <laughs> 33 innings. Jesus eight hours Christ. and 25 minutes long. Oh, my God. Dude, that, I Dude, mean, tennis were... matches. How does tennis matches go that long, too? That, you'd have to be required to take a lunch break in that game. <laughs> That's so long. <laughs> you could eat three meals in that span of time. <laughs> but that was actually my next note, was that people complain about baseball games being too long. 
And this this game felt like it was an entire baseball season. It took two and a half hours to get to halftime. It was 9.30 during the halftime show. Yeah, I know. I had to go to bed, too. It was it was late. Yeah. I did not watch the uh, the rest of that one. As soon as they I went up, that. And like, I was like confident in them that they would get that 15 points. I could sleep easily. But if I didn't think they were going to do it, I probably would have had nightmares about buying new beer yeah. like I always do. <laughs> That's what most of America has to go to bed, and they just have to wake up to see who actually won the game. This one wasn't really in doubt, I don't think. But I went to bed. It was 35-25, and I couldn't sleep for like – I don't know. I checked my phone after like three minutes of laying in bed and it was 42.25. I was like, shit. All right. Help, and I woke, help me with time I zone woke up too. And, what, it, what was it time-wise in New Orleans? Uh, Putting me on the spot. I don't know. Is New Orleans in Eastern time? I think so. Why wouldn't they be? They're, I don't know. I, my worst subject in school is geography. All right. Never <laughs> mind. We won't do that one. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Odell Beckham Jr. Everyone's seen it so far. So first thing we're going to talk about, he was on camera handing out cash to LSU players. Okay, so he had he just had a lot of bills. He was taking a couple out. They had to be hundos. He's not passing out Lincoln to seniors though, mostly, so he, right? I don't think it was yeah, every player. But so basically, he pulled a couple bills out. He dap up the player and handed the money on the dap up. And so, at most, he's given those players two three hundred dollars. Like they they can't go out and buy a Mercedes or a Rolex or anything. They're getting like a couple hundred bucks. LSU came out the next day, claimed it was fake money. It was not actual real money he was giving out because obviously that could be an NCAA violation. He's a booster then, then ES- technically. There, yeah. So then ESPN the next on Wednesday rats him out. ESPN comes out with stories that uh, well they ratted out part of my take and Joe Burrow in this. Like they tried to point the blame at them. Because Burrow, on Pardon My Take, that aired Wednesday, he did it like the Tuesday morning. They asked him, did you, uh, did Odell give you guys real money? And Joe Burrow said, I'm not a student athlete anymore, so I don't care. Yeah, he gave me real money. So now ESPN started running that story, just trying to rat out LSU and Joe Burrow. It's all bullshit. Like, how can you not give college players a couple hundred bucks? Like, he's not. I don't see the. I don't see the. I understand you're not supposed to give players money. I don't understand the issue. They just won the national freaking championship, and all those players went out and partied that night. They were out at bars getting private. Uh, you know, Did you turn your in their own private sessions room. No, my truck's not even on. Is that my house? Then do you hear that? I do. That's on your side. I'm not by a water pipe, but it kind of does sound like my water pipe, like right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. If people have to be really bad and are listening to that, I'm really sorry. <laughs> God, man, I was on a train of thought there, too. I got to get I back know. and focus. Go on, get back. But, my, but so they're out partying that night. You know damn well not a single player had to spend a dime while they're out. Everyone's buying them everything. To me, that's under the same circumstances. Okay, I so every national champion that goes out is getting stuff paid for him, but NCAA you know looks away at the other side. Now ESPN's ratting him out on Odell. We haven't even got to Odell's second issue yet, but they're ratting him out on this, and now they're probably going to open up an investigation on LSU and they might get some sanctions. It's horseshit. Number one, don't go after Barstool. 
that's how they get all their likes <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Number two, yeah, that is a mistake. Yeah. Number two, you can't go after if it's all if it's just seniors because they're not part of that yeah. program anymore. Yeah, Joe, it's, it's true. How many freaking cigars do you think Joe Burrow smoked after that game? Did, did you see the video of uh, after a press conference, he was getting up and Coach O was still sitting there and he was just like, uh, take it easy on those cigars, boys. Mm-hmm. Put in that classic O voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> easy on those cigars, boys. They look, I mean, I don't, I'm not an expert at, on cigars at all, but I mean, they looked legit. They looked like uh, some nice cigars. Yeah, it looked like each player could have only bought about three of those cigars with how much money they got from Odell. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I loved it though. I just waking up to uh, like that tweet of just Joe Burrow and his LSU jersey still just smoking a fatty. That the at four hundred one pod is going to be posting that GIF and video a lot here in the near future. So just get ready for it. I actually absolutely love that. Uh, I have I actually have an idea. I think that a team, after they win the national championship, barring murder, should be able to get two nights where they are completely exempt of any NCAA rules. Okay, So the night you win it, they're going to go out and party. They can be given any money that they want. Okay, You're not, You can't be uh, sanctioned by the NCAA. And then you get one more up until your spring game when you do the inner squad. You know, whatever it is for LSU, the purple yellow game whatever it is up until that night you get one more night where it's like hey we're calling it it's tonight no ncaa sanctions can come out i don't mind that ever i I would even expand the time because i mean these kids like they're not getting paid at all and they're risking their lives so why not have you know take a couple months do get some money all right so before I get to my last uh, OBJ note and the last of this national title game, I just want to say that if there's any audio issues, we apologize. We're in a little bit dire circumstances for recording this. We had the mics ready to go. We are ready to hook up, ready to bring you the best audio possible, and I had to call an audible. I'm actually sitting in my truck recording this, so having Wi-Fi issues. <laughs> so if, if there's any audio problems, that's the cause going forward. Hopefully this will not be an issue. My last OBJ note. Okay, he now has a warrant out for his arrest in the state of Louisiana. Did you did you get this update today? Yeah. Do they not know what he did for their university? <laughs> so in the locker room, look up the video if you haven't seen it yet. He slaps the ass of a security guard, and now he has an arrest warrant for the, from the state of Louisiana. I think it would be hilarious if like like he still has that warrant out next season. And they have to go to New Orleans to play the Saints, and he just like doesn't go to the game, so he doesn't get arrested. But watch the video. This security guard, it wasn't an officer. The they first reported officer, it's a security guard. They if you watch the video, they were the like security, checking if players were drinking too, right? Like in their cups. Yeah, they were checking if underage players had alcohol, but this security guard wasn't checking. He was being an asshole. He was harassing a player, and he was you could you couldn't hear him on the video, but you could see by his face and the way he was body his language. Body language. Yeah, his body language. He was harassing this player, and he was basically saying, "What do you have there?" And the player like picked it up. It was a freaking Gatorade bottle. And then once he sat that down, the dude still he was acting like he was irritated with the player was pointing at something behind him and, you know, basically saying, what the hell is this? And before we could see what that was, <laughs> Odell comes up behind him, slaps him on the ass, <laughs> and then he backs up. 
And the security guard's looking at him. And then Odell starts getting onto him and pointing at whatever object he was, basically saying, quit harassing the kid. So I actually have to back Odell up unless other stuff comes out and we get to hear the full conversation. And he was out of, you know, not in line there. I obviously slapping the ass, not in line, but he was defending the player. Okay. So I, I actually, I actually agree with Odell here standing up for the player. He obviously could have went about it in a much different way though. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't a girl. That's for sure. Yeah, um, He would never play in the NFL again. I know. Uh, I just think of that uh, K and Peel skit with the baseball players in the Dominican Republic, and he's like, slap off. All we do is hit dingers and slap off. <laughs> I actually saw someone uh, tweet that out saying that was Odell. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. I wish we would have thought of that sooner because that one had like 22,000 likes. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but So Odell was charged with simple battery. So in Louisiana, that is a $1,000 fine. Or six months in jail. <laughs> I wonder which what he's gonna do. Seems like a bit of an extreme there. <laughs> like it's Louisiana. Hey, what's your favorite meal? Oh, it's Skittles and steak. Thousand <laughs> like, dollar fine or six months in jail. Yeah. He gave out how much money do you think he gave out on the field or fake money, monopoly money, whatever. If it was monopoly money, I would say like <laughs> twenty thousand. If it was real. I'd say probably. probably like five or ten. Honestly. Yeah. All right. So that's enough about LSU Clemson. We we ran a long time on that. So let's go. There's another big thing in the news going on. Uh, more punishments being handed down from the MLB on the cheating gate. What do we want to call this? What's a good name for this? Well, it's not a gate anymore. It's like a. It's a full it's an blown open book. Really? Yeah. It's just so the the cheating scandal. Okay. So we talked about it last show, and actually the news broke while we were we were recording. Uh, AJ Hinch, Jeff Lundhow, the Astros coach and GM got suspended for a year. They were eventually fined. The Astros further got punished five million dollars in fines. They lose their first and second round pick for multiple years. I don't remember how many years it was. Alex Cora, he was the link to all of this. He ends up uh, while still under investigation. His his uh, actual punishment hasn't been handed down yet uh but him and the red sox uh reportedly agreed to mutually split ways so he's fired uh and now carlos beltron went on the hot seat because cora actually in a press conference last year like kind of took a shot at beltron about you know this kind of thing and so beltron was uh What's how? What am I looking for here? He was he was involved in this for sure. He was on the hot seat. He just got hired by the Mets this offseason to be their new head coach or new skipper, and uh, so he got fired today too. So now we've seen three coaches fired in all of this. The positive note I think for Mets fans is that Carlos Beltran finishes his tenure as their skipper undefeated. That's an impressive mark for sure. Yeah, to not lose a game as a Mets, uh, you know. Skipper, that's pretty impressive. Do you think Alex Cora will ever see the MLB again? I really don't know. I mean, I, I wish I can talk a little bit more about this. I really want to know your opinion because um, I know you have a couple of things about cheating that you want to talk about, but cheating's not allowed in the game for a reason. Uh, you're going to get punished, and it's really just to be determined on how people see it. 
Yeah, so I'm going to get go on a bit of a rant here. Uh, the first person you think of with suspensions is, is Alex Rodriguez. He was suspended 211 games, the longest uh, suspension that wasn't a lifetime ban ever handed down. It was eventually appealed down to 162 games. And now Alex Rodriguez is an ESPN broadcaster on, I don't remember which, is it Sunday night, Monday night baseball? Probably uh, Sunday night baseball. Yeah, it's Sunday night. But he's became kind of a face of baseball for ESPN after he's had a career of accusations of cheating and was handed down, like I said, the longest suspension that was not a lifetime ban. Pete Rose, obviously very upset about this, and he should be. Pete Rose got the lifetime ban for gambling, didn't even gamble on his own team. I'm pretty positive about that. But he got a lifetime ban because they were saying, you know, we're going to shut the door on this betting thing. And so now you got a guy that's, I mean, using high technology to cheat. I think you got to come down hard on him. I don't think Cora sees the field for at least two years. And then kind of to tie in with the A-Rod talk, you know, as far as performance-enhancing drugs go, you know, steroids, HGH, and all that, that's not even the biggest advantage you can get as far as PEDs. In my personal opinion, it would be Adderall would give you the biggest advantage just because it helps you focus the most. You can see the ball better as a hitter. And I assume when you're pitching, you can feel it out a little bit better and, you know, feel your release a little bit better, pinpoint it. And, you know, like I said, HGH steroids, not the biggest PED. You still have to be able to hit the ball. Bat speed can be actually better than strength. And I'm tying this all in here. Sign stealing. That's always been a thing from the dugout getting, you know, how's the pitcher tipping his pitches, stealing a coach, you know, a base coach's signs. That's something that's happened in baseball for a long time. People don't like it, but it happens. But stealing signs by video should absolutely be handled, handled with a greater punishment than HGH. And, and I saw today that they actually might have had an electronic thing in their jersey to like, instead of just, um, it's like kind of like yeah. a vibration thing, I guess. I don't really know. I didn't read too much on it, but. Yeah, from what I saw, again, I, I didn't read much on it either. I kind of just saw the headline, but yeah, they had something in their jersey to tip the pitch, you know, for a curveball or whatever. Uh, from a personal experience, if I was trying to, if I was thinking curveball, but I had to wait for someone to bang a trash can, which is what they did in 2017. And a lot of players said this. It wasn't even that helpful. It was more distracting than anything. But if I'm waiting for the bang of the trash can to know if it's curveball, and then he throws, you know, 95, 96, that cheddar over the plate, I'm not going to be able to hit it. So it would be tough to do that either way. I mean, the vibration would honestly be a lot easier than the trash can banging, but it would be tough. But overall, you can't, if you're using video replay to cheat, it needs to be hammered down with the hardest punishment possible. I don't think Corey gets a lifetime ban, but I definitely think he needs a longer suspension than A-Rod ever got. I also think Pete Rose should not be suspended for life. So I'm just kind of tying all that in. Dude, I wish I could argue with you just for podcast sake, but we'll figure something else to argue about today or tomorrow, yeah, whatever. This is not a great this is not yeah. a great one to argue about because it's pretty it's pretty black and white. Yeah. Uh Jessica Mendoza. Do you know who that is? She does some broadcasting for ESPN baseball. She's also now an advisor for the Mets. I do actually. Okay, so Jessica Mendoza, what's your problem? Uh you I don't I sent you this. I don't think you watched it though. So basically she was on Mike what Golick and Wingo. What is it now? It's no longer Mike and Mike. It's go- yeah, it's Golick and Wingo. Yeah, it sounds Wonder- right. 
one of the mics with another guy from ESPN, whatever that show is. So Jessica Mendoza was being interviewed and she basically Mike fires is the whole reason this stuff's going on down. Mike fires. Uh, he's kind of a journeyman pitcher pitcher. He has success here and there. Uh, he was with the Astros during that run. He was the one that kind of broke the seal on all the, on the cheating scandal. She basically said she doesn't agree with Mike fires. Like being the, uh, being the, what's the, what's the word when you break it? Uh, Hold on, I got this. Break what? When you're the guy that uh, rats them out. But I don't want to use the word rat because I called ESPN rats earlier and Mike Fires isn't a rat. Narc. Well, narc, but there's another one. Oh, my God. There's like a thousand of them. What do they call you when you're the one? (laughs) When you... Like rat on someone, you said, right? Yeah. When you like break news or something or break. When you're the one that like reveals that a company is laundering money, what are you? Shit, Tanner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, that's what Fires did. He broke this open. Mendoza came out and said she doesn't like it. And it doesn't look good that she's an advisor for the Mets because this ended up getting their new manager, Carlos Beltran, fired. So that's all I got with that. I still love you, Carlos Beltran. Don't worry. I will always have a special place in my heart for Carlos Beltran. Um, yeah, so would you trade a championship for pending cheating allegations and punishments? All right, so you're asking me if they deserve that World Series. Nope. What nope. Are you asking? I'm asking you if you are a fan of a team, would you be willing to be able to win a championship if it meant that a couple years later you will be your team will be accused of cheating? There will be allegations against you, and then there will be sanctions and punishments handed down because of it. Absolutely. But you're still a champion. Absolutely not. That's embarrassing as an organization, and you don't want to be known as that. I now, mean, that's why everyone hates Pat. So. Here's my thought on it. It's tough for me and you to judge right now because the Blues just won the Stanley Cup. If the Blues had not won the Cup last summer, I don't know if your answer would be the same. And I still don't think you can answer that truthfully because you don't know what it feels like anymore. You can't cheat at hockey, though. I'm sure you can cheat, but you can't cheat that bad. You you can find a way. I I mean, honestly, hockey's a different breed. It feels... Hockey is the most raw sport of them all that you can't just like picked up on what they're doing. Like it's, it's instinct and it's yeah. power and that's all baseball is so much a, a mind game and that's half the battle basketball. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how you can cheat. Maybe you can like get a camera on their plays or something like final plays, but yeah, no, this yeah. is the most embarrassing thing. I, I, yeah, I this, can't imagine this- their fans are going to be happy in two years when they're in last place again, probably because of a yeah. mistake. Yeah, this is bad. Uh, we still have a lot to get to before the uh, championship preview, so I want to kind of speed things up. But my last note on this is the L.A. City Council reportedly is asking the MLB to award the Dodgers that 2017 championship. You, you can give <laughs> I just Kershaw that. and that's it. No one else. <laughs> 
I thought that was funny. Some more MLB news before we move on. Twins signed Josh Donaldson. The bringer of rain gets four years for $92 million. That's an average of 23 a year. He's got a fifth-year option with it. So a big signing for the Twins, who set some hella home run records last year. They already had a very potent offense, a lot of power already in there. They add Josh Donaldson now uh, to the hot corner. And so he's getting four for 92. Anthony Rendon earlier this offseason signed with the Angels seven for 245. That's 35 million a year. I think these contracts really set the market for third base, and Nolan Arnato falls right in that market. So I'm bringing this back around to Nolan Arnato because he signed uh, this this contract extension began t- uh, 2019, beginning of 2019. So he's one year into his extension. It was an eight year, 260 million dollar extension. That's an average of 32 and a half million a year. Uh, he's owed 35 million over the next five years. Then it drops to 32, 27 for his final two years. So really, I feel like now if the Cardinals were trying to use his high contract as any leverage, which I don't think they probably were because he's worth the money, that all any of that leverage is gone. The only slight leverage the Cardinals have with Arenado's contract is that he has an opt out after the third year, which in this case would be after 2021. So there's a real chance that the Cardinals do pull this off and they're sending all these prospects over. Arnado could still opt out and they would only have him for two years. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not liking this situation. I'm, I'm liking it less and less each day. I, I, honestly, I think that they're just kind of, you know, we're the cat and they're just having the string dangling above her head and just, you know, playing with us. It, it, it just seems yeah. like that. And then obviously they're owned by uh Kroenke, so I don't like him. I, I don't know what to do, Tate. Like, do I really want him or do Oh, uh, I think we want Arnado, but here but here's the trade package. I kind of I kind of narrowed it down. All right, you ready? Go on. Two of Alex Reyes, Matty Libs, and Dakota Hudson. Two of them is gonna be in the trade. Okay. I think they're going to want prospects that are near MLB ready. So you are talking two of Andrew Neiser, a top catching prospect, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson. So out of those five, they're going to want two. And then the fifth guy's Matt Carpenter, but we're going to be taking at least half of his remaining contract, if not more. So that's what I think it's going to take to get Nolan Arnado. Last thought. Yep. Would you do Flaherty Bader straight up for Arnado? No, I'm not. I'm not moving Flaherty at all. I don't think I would do Flaherty. I don't think I do Flaherty Arenado straight up, and I don't think that's biased as a Cardinal fan to say that Flaherty's that good. That and he's so young, you cannot move Flaherty right now. He is the one untouchable piece of the Cardinals. Him and Goldschmidt are probably the two you're not moving. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Next. Hope something comes out soon. Jesus Christ! I want to know. Next news. This was huge news the other night. Luke Keekley retired. Luke Keekley at age 28, the face of the defense for the Panthers, one of the best middle linebackers of this past decade. He retired. I texted my buddy, uh, shout out Bobby Walker, who is a big Carolina Panthers fan. And I said, how you feeling, bud? And he just said, not good, Tanner. Not good. It's, these retirement videos are so hard to watch, too, man. It, I didn't watch a second of it. He, like, <laughs> I got he breaks down for a little bit, and then yeah. like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm done, which kind of led me to uh, 
one of these I was gonna write a um a blog about, you know, athletes dying twice. And this is just kind of what kind of hit home. But I didn't really know which way I wanted to go. I didn't know if I want to write about my experience or just like the athlete's mind after retirement. But then I would have to yeah. do a lot of interviewing. I don't want to interview people, but uh, you can you can interview me. Well, I I did too. I know a whole bunch of people, but that's not like I don't know. But yeah, the the, the fact is, athletes do die twice when they retire and when they're in a coffin, and. I'm sure he's so, smart enough to actually do something with his career. But, you know, it's just sad to see one of the best defensive players leave the game. Absolutely. And this sets the Panthers back so far. Now, even if they get Cam Newton back, which I think is might be a slimmer chance now, God, they're starting from scratch. They're probably getting a top five pick. If With Keekly gone, their defense is already shit. Well, Keekly's gone. If, if Cam's not back – they're a top five. They're going to be top five in the draft next year. Did you hear like kind of why he is retiring? No, I just assumed it was because of Marshawn Lynch's speech. No. Well, so he was talking <laughs> about how uh... I'm going to put I'm going to put Marshawn's audio in right here, <laughs> so you guys can hear it. So I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken. So when y'all, you know, ready to walk away, you walk away, and you be able to do what you want to do. Um. Partially is because he didn't think he could keep up with the game anymore. Um, he was saying that the the linebackers that are you know on the depth chart under him were going to be just as good as him next year. So maybe he sees something in the future of the linebackers yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. So I I don't maybe. I still think he's better than half the linebackers in the league. But yeah, maybe yeah maybe he just was scared. You know. Well, and you know some guys. Some guys don't age well either, so maybe he his decline could have been very sharp. I, I was going to read his stats, but I just I don't want to take up the time right now. I do want to but... say something about it, though, him. I have a couple more things, okay. so go ahead. So one of the things I think he can do is uh, be in football movies. He, look, he, do, he looks about 25 years old, honestly. He's only 28, right, you said? Yeah, 28. I would say he looks 20, honestly. That was, like, not even – so I was looking, and I'm like, all right, favorite football movie, Friday Night Lights. Start looking up actors' ages. Booby Miles was 29 playing a high school kid in Friday Night Lights. Well, no wonder he tore his ACL. Mike Mitchell was only 21, and Preacher was 23. So then yeah. the show, though, I got curious about, too, because I know Tim Riggins, and I don't yeah. know, no Taylor something. And no one watches the show. Uh, everyone watches the show. It's still Friday Night Live. No, it's not nearly as good. Tim Riggins, who was playing in a, who was it was a senior year of high school when it first aired, was yeah. twenty seven. The first season, Tim Riggins was twenty seven. Jared Street, the quarterback who broke his neck, yeah, thirty one years old. Well, no wonder he broke his neck. He had his damn AARP card. Dude, isn't that crazy? He can totally do that, though. How old was Billingsley? Uh, he actually wasn't that old. I saw it was, uh, I think he was in between uh, Mitchell and uh, Preacher Man. Uh, so he was like 22, 23. When, uh, just got to just got to duct tape that football. Boy, I'm glad we talked about speeding this up, and then you go on just talking about Friday Night Light actors. Well, I'm just saying he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of want to talk about in the last like five years, just some of the 
superstars we've seen retire before they've played their age 30 season. Calvin Johnson was age 30 when he retired, but other than him, Andrew Luck at 29, Patrick Willis, who if you're talking the greatest linebackers of the last decade, it's Luke Keekley and Patrick Willis, and neither one played their age 30 year. And then obviously Rob Gronkowski. Rob, okay. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Nick. And obviously, <laughs> obviously Rob Gronkowski, 29, so we're, we've been seeing a lot of superstars retire young. Who's more likely to come back? Luck? Gronk, Luck. Really? Luck, Gronk, or um, Luke? Uh, maybe Luke. Luke, Luck, Gronk. Okay. Uh, here's a thought. Luke Keekley is going to be on the same Hall of Fame ballot as Eli Manning. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Who else retired this year? I, I we'll probably see it as we uh, yeah. as the off season continues. They always say once the season ends, take two weeks before you make a decision because you're very emotional at the end of a year. So take two weeks before you make a decision. I think I heard Jeff Fisher say that. And yeah, Luke Keekley made his decision. So Luke Keekley was born in 1991. So he would have been 13 years old for uh, Larry Fitzgerald's rookie year. Larry Fitzgerald just confirmed he's coming back to play 2020. I feel like that's just crazy. Keekly was in he middle hasn't school. Aged a bit either. He still looks the exact same. Well, he's got that thick lower half, man. Two C's. Yeah. Uh, one more NFL note. Bill Vinovich named the Super Bowl head referee. And Bill Vinovich was the head ref for the Saints Rams NFC Championship last year for the famous No PI. Now, it's not the same crew, it's just Vinovich is the head ref. Two members of the crew will be calling their first Super Bowl, and two will be calling just their third. So a relatively young crew will be down in Miami. But I actually think Vinovich is a very good referee. He's one of the better ones in the NFL. I think they just got stuck in a spot that crew did where they couldn't overturn an obvious miss. I think they knew they screwed up too. But it got me thinking, what are some of the worst calls you remember in NFL history? Like from your fan, like, just from watching, what are some of the worst calls that you can remember? Just give me one. First. <laughs> Packers, Seahawks, replacement refs. Don't do that one. Monday do a football. real one. That, that was the most horseshit call ever. Pissing off real refs. You can't blame them. Like, real refs. It's still terrible. And honestly, uh, I was just kind of ready to start this podcast, so I didn't think of any more. Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of it. So, hey, people All right, how about who follow us. Every Sunday. People who follow Ooh. us. Tell us what the worst refing play you've ever seen was. Just football? That is a, yeah. Just football or you want no. no, you can do any of them. Do I was going to say that, but just for just for time purposes, I was just going to stick to the NFL. But, yeah, send us any of them. Your worst, the worst call you ever seen in professional sports, whatever you think it was, send it to us at 401pod. Let's see it. Don't send us something like Mexican be. League Baseball either. Like, I don't care about that. I am 12. I have uh, Nick, what do you think the chances are that we could uh, raise a GoFundMe, raise enough money on GoFundMe to go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely zero. No one cares about me at all. <laughs> the cheapest ticket I looked, it's actually went down. The cheapest ticket's $2,900. So we would only need to raise about 6000 just to get in the stadium. Probably need to raise a little bit more for hotel and gas or flight. We'll probably fly. So we need flight money. People, call to action. We need flight money, a hotel, maybe Airbnb. We haven't decided yet. And we don't want, really want to sit in the cheapest level. 
So let's call it a clean 5,000 per ticket. So we need 15 grand. Uh, so if someone starts to go fund me or just give us, you know, 15 grand, not that I'm wishing this at all on Miami because they've had enough bad things happen to them as a city. I always just call them a state. So thank God. <laughs> it's if a hurricane came, the ticket Jesus would be so cheap though. <laughs> and flights. <laughs> <laughs> Would you sit through a hurricane to watch Super Bowl? I might actually. <laughs> if the Packers are in it, I would. Fair. All right. So a little NHL talk now. The entire NHL is trying to catch some of that blues magic from last season by firing their coach midseason. Okay. Seven coaches have either been fired or forced out this year. The latest one was uh the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Yeah, so they're thinking it's actually more about personal or something else. I, I actually yeah. don't see why I didn't see why they fired him just yet. I think they're waiting um, for more information to actually tell people why he got fired, which leads you to believe it's not because of his coaching. Yeah, and Peter DeBoer took over for him. No Blues fans likes DeBoer. He's a crybaby. Uh, he, he was the Sharks coach that got fired this year. So that puts it at 14. 14 coaches are currently in their first year with the team. Wow. Wow. That is insane. The new league. (laughs) Uh, New league. Only, only three coaches have remained tenured since at least 2015. Jesus. Only, uh, uh, Tampa Bay lightning, John Cooper. He's the only oldest tenured coach currently in, in the, in the NHL. Oh my God. <laughs> Pause. I got to get a drink. Hang on. All right. All right. Let's try that again. John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning, oldest tenured coach in the NHL, got hired on 2013. <laughs> got to have Coop. Got to have Coops. Uh, Winnipeg and Detroit uh, have the are the other two where their coaches got hired in 2015. Craig Berube. Detroit's coach now, is getting fired soon. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Baruby is 17th now in coaching tenure in in the NHL. He's 7th in the Western Conference. Oh. Oh. I don't... Well, I wasn't ready to respond to that. I don't know why. I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) I was just sitting there waiting anxiously. Wait, what? Wait, what? No. Baruby is the man. He is... Yeah. Chief. Yes, he. I mean, him and Ott, honestly, I think make one of the best combos. And I hate Ott as a player. Don't get me wrong. Ott was my Jackman of the Blues, which anytime <laughs> anything went wrong, don't, it was either Steve Ott or Jackman. Then we came Don't go on your. Don't go on your Jackman rant right now. We don't have the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they're all fired. They've all fired their coaches. Now they just need to call up an older rookie goaltender and find a catchy '80s song to make their anthem, and they're well on their way. Young goaltender is actually winning the Stanley Cup. Isn't that rare? I mean, you have Matt Jones, um, and then uh, I just meant I meant older rookies because Bennington was 25 when he got called up. Yeah, I don't think I think Matt Jones is around. Uh, I think he was maybe 22 or 23, but yeah. It's just they they don't know they didn't know much about him either, which was actually really good. Yeah. So last thing before we get into the NFC AFC preview, 
Bud Select, now the official beer of the St. Louis Battlehawks. Nick, potential sponsor. People are asking. Could be me. No. Do you think do you think Bud Select would sponsor the 401? Well, the thing is it's it's A B. I hate A B. Actually I don't. I don't hate A B. I don't know why I said that. But uh Why are you the way you are? I don't know. Dude, I have high hopes, but I don't think A B is gonna sponsor us. I'm sorry, Tanner. Actually, if you knew, they have a different marketing team for Select and A B than they do for Bush. Um Well we don't have to get technical right now. Just saying. All right, but you know, people are asking. So that gave me a new idea, a new segment idea called People Are Asking. Now, I don't have anything for that for this show, but I just wanted to say you might start that segment of People Are Asking. Tanner, people are asking, are you over 6'2"? <laughs> I'm not. I'm a right smack at 6'1". Damn. Hit that. Yeah, hit that sophomore year of high school with high hopes it was going to keep going. And much to my disappointment, nope. Hey, I have some. Uh, I have a thing actually to tell you really quick too. Yeah, I tried the Bud Light seltzers. Mm-hmm. That's going to sound terrible on podcast. I just like seltzers is a weird word too. Um, it is. Weird. Here's the breakdown: mango, too sweet. Strawberry sucks. Tastes like medicine. Black cherry's <laughs> good. Lime is the best flavor. So. <laughs> All right, well, you heard it here on the 401 from Nick Dushkit. I'll be back. Monday. I, don't worry, guys. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we make that a segment too, where we just try new beers or seltzers or anything, and we'll break it down on the show. Maybe like once every two weeks. So I can't do that. I'm yeah. trying to lose weight. Sorry, guys. Well, maybe we'll try healthy stuff. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do, uh, I do have a sponsor segment though, and that is who would be a great sponsor for the 401. Did you write anything down, or did I write this after you saw the show notes? I think you wrote it after. All right. Well, I got three. Ready? Any company, any company that produces, sells, makes, or is associated with beer would be a good sponsor for us. Did you hear me? Well, no, I didn't. Come and go. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Great, great gas station. Uh, Kingsford Charcoal. <laughs> I just love to grill. So, uh, My last one was I eat a lot. So any sponsor that would like give us some free food, I would take. Also, I guess sponsors that don't really care about us cussing a little bit and talking inappropriate stuff would help well, too. So laid back company. Jiminy Pete, man. I don't, I try and keep this clean show. All right, no, I'm like no, Philip. No more cuss words on our podcast. I'm like, I'm like Philip Rivers over here, man. Jesus to Pete, Christ <sighs> Almighty. <laughs> All right, it is now time for the NFC AFC preview. We will start with the AFC. That's the first game Sunday. There's no Saturday football. We've just been teased, been teased for the last two weeks. Just when we're used to two days of NFL, we're back down to one. Titans at the Chiefs. Chiefs currently favored by seven. My thoughts, I'll go first. I don't have much to it's, say, so we go. All right. It's kind of the same story for both teams, okay? 
as far as they, if as long as they just keep doing what they're doing, that's what I think the advantage is. So that for the Titans, you do you, if, you do you. <laughs> the Titans, they they want to run the ball down your throat, chew the clock, and they have to execute third downs to keep drive alive. Because obviously, running that much, you're going to have a lot of third downs. So that's their keys to the game. I think that's been their key to the game every week. For the Chiefs, take that electric offense. Grab a lead early, multiple touchdown lead early, and force the the opposing team out of their game plan. In this case, force the Titans out of running the football. Okay, I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to do a little bit more in this game. The last time it was a shootout, Tannehill had a great game. Uh, Mahomes had a great game. It was a very electric. I don't remember what the final was in that one, 41-38 maybe. It's at Arrowhead, right? This one is at Arrowhead, yes. I think this is going to be a great game, an electric game. The temperature is supposed to be in the low 20s. Uh, I don't really think that affects anything in this game. So there's, I didn't see any snow or rain or anything in the forecast. So it's also going to come down to, will anyone want to tackle Derrick Henry in the second half? Against the Patriots, he averaged 5.4 yards per carry. Against uh, the who they played last week, against the Ravens, 6.5 yards per carry. You're standing on the tracks and trains coming, man. Get out of the way. Yeah, I would still uh, try and tackle him for fifty grand. That offer still stands. I'd do it. I'm excited about this game. That's really all I can say. Needless to say, I think <laughs> that's, it's, that, it's, it's just is that your notes? Yeah. I can just picture you like going to type notes out for this and just typing excited. <laughs> Moving on. So it's an earlier game then. You said right. Yeah, this will be the first game Sunday. Like two, two o'clock. I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I mean, I, everyone knows kind of their identity now. We don't need to talk too much about the players and what they can do. We all know they're there for a reason. They're both two really good teams. Let's just. I want to. I want to see a battle. I want to see a good game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really don't have anything else for this game, but I think this can. This is going to be very exciting. Do you want to pick after we preview both games? No, I'd rather pick now. Well, because I want to pick first, and I want to pick the winner of the next one. All right, next we'll do it. Actually, it don't it don't matter. You pick the winner of this one. I'll pick the winner of the next one. And it, they're uh, plus seven. You said Chiefs. Chiefs are minus seven. So oh, yeah, yeah, Titans plus seven. Yeah. Seven point line. Well, if you don't know, let's preview the next one. I'm going Chiefs. Going Chiefs. All right. I will take the dog. I got the Titans. Plus seven. All right. Next game. I think that's a good one. I think that's a good that's a good bet. I like I my bet. It could go either week. way. I, I just can't. Oh. I hope it's a close game. That's all I care for. All right. What's your note for Packers Niners? Excitement? Uh, well, I know. I, I wrote down that you're a Packers fan. So that's good. Yes. Uh, no, that's a good ex- note. I'm not excited about one, this. That one takes a lot of research to to find. I'm ecstatic about this game. Oh, did you get a thesaurus? No, I haven't got one yet. <laughs> Still in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, I can't wait to see what these uh teams can do, and I, they're both good teams. Obviously, like I said, yeah. they're at this point, and they're the season for a reason. Um, yeah. What's going to win this game? Heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
oh Joe my Flacco god is gonna win this game <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> all right Break so now down, i <laughs> i have a couple notes uh i forgot to write heart down but uh Oh, my my first note. Did you listen to the la- the last episode where I plugged in the uh, Brian Balaga, Iowa? I, I listened to it. Who's Brian Balaga? Oh, that's the uh, – I know who it is. Don't worry. Yes, I did. Yeah. That's the Packers right yeah. tackle. So someone, someone on the interweb just did a video of all his primetime games, you know, where they go through the offense and you say your name in school. <laughs> and it was literally just a, like a four-minute video of Brian Balaga going like that. Was Brian Balaga, Iowa <laughs> – <laughs> I died laughing, so I had to put it in the show. This game or this playoff, both games on Sunday, kind of feels hang with me here, kind of feels like the NHL conference finals last year. Okay. So if you talk about the Eastern Conference, is like the AFC, to where you have the much better talented team from the year in the Chiefs, they would be the Bruins, and you have that extremely hot team that people did not think would make it that far, the Titans. They would be the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in this one, okay? Then you go to the NFC. It's kind of like the Western Conference to where the Niners kind of like the Sharks. They're everyone's favorites. They've been dominating all year, okay? And then the Packers be like the Blues and the fact that they're not getting enough credit for this one. Not, not, no one's really giving them a chance. Hey, they, they've been the underdogs all year. I just hate they compare the Packers to the Blues because now the Packers have to win. Yeah, they do. They have to win. I wore a blues hat to Lambo. Did anyone comment so, on it? I got three people gave me a thumbs up and said nice. And one person while I was trying to pee was like, we'll let this one slide this time. And I was like, thanks, man. We're in the bathroom. I hope you weren't going to do anything. Let's slide. So, uh, I'm not going to say it. It's too inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so playoff Rogers was out in full force against Seattle. Okay. I think he's going to be closer to playoff Rodgers against Seattle than what he will be in that game against San Fran. Okay. I think he actually likes that he's not at uh, Green Bay Stadium. Think I think yeah, I think I don't know, it's you just can play the under stadium, right? It's called Lambeau, Lambeau Field. Dude, why <laughs> I blake on that? Yeah, sorry. That's my yeah. bad guys. Don't... You want me to cut that so you don't sound like a complete uh, idiot? Just do it. I don't care. I, I wasn't going to cut that. <laughs> That's gold right there. But So the Packers actually had opportunities last time against San Fran when it was still within two scores. Okay, It was a lot of poor execution on offense. Okay, I don't see that happening again. On the defensive side, it's all going to come down to limiting the run and play action. So the Packers are not going to stop the run. Okay, there's no doubt. I don't even have a thought in my mind they're going to shut the run down. That's not feasible. They're not good enough. But they can slow it down. They're going to have to be able to contain it. And we alluded to last episode that Kyle Shanahan is he's elite at scheming against teams' weaknesses. The Packers weak against the run, and if they sell out for the run, they're going to be weak against play action. So I feel like as long as they can limit those two things, they have a chance. The second thing they need to limit is they have to stop one of Debo Samuels and Emmanuel Sanders. Just one. They both can't have big games. I think one of them will have a big game. Kind of like Tyler Lockett last week, 160 yards on nine catches. I think one of them has a pretty similar game. 
you're going to have to slow the other one down. Okay. So if they're able to slow down one receiver, slow down the run, slow down play action, they're not going to, they're not going to stop this offense, but just slow it down, contain it, give them a chance. I kind of see this game being similar to last week where it was 28-23 against the Seahawks. It's going to be a little closer, but similar scores. So I can see like a, it's going to be a weird score too. It's not going to be your clean 24-21. It's going to be like 22-19, maybe a little bit higher than that. Okay, like somehow like 25 to or something. 25-21. Yeah, something weird is going to happen. So I, what you're kind of saying is whoever is um, less predictable kind of is going to win this game. Or kind of like saying um, – I, I have one more key for the offensive side, okay? So Brian Balaga's back. He was out last week with an illness. He's back. So that offensive line is better now. They're already – they're already a very good pass blocking line, but they got to get Rogers time because everyone knows that this pass rush by the Niners is elite. Okay. So they're going to have to just kind of keep them at bay. Let's, let's stop saying elite. I I've only said it twice. I've said it a lot and I regret it, but elite is like one of my favorite words to use for sports. No more E word unless it's legit. Okay, well, this defensive line is legit. They deserve to be called elite. All right, but just other things. We can't call everything elite. All right, right. well, Aaron Jones is an elite running back, and I kind of expect him to have the scores. So I could see Rodgers with around 200 yards passing and one touchdown. So I kind of see Aaron Jones with the scores, and I kind of also see San Fran focusing on Devontae Adams in the passing game, so someone else is going to have to step up. That's asking for a lot. Someone's going to have to step up. It is tough to beat a team twice, and the reason I think that is is because the winning team, the team that won the first game, they don't have to scheme the same as the team that lost. The loser of the first game has to make more adjustments, and that's why I think it's so hard to beat a team twice. It's just like going into halftime with the lead. Yeah, also same. So the Packers are... Underdogs by seven and a half. The Niners minus seven and a half. I'm going to take the Packers. I'm taking both dogs this weekend. I think it's close enough games in each. I'm taking both dogs, both teams that lost in the regular season. Oh, no, wait. Titans beat the Chiefs. I'm still, I still got both dogs. Uh, that's all my notes for the Packers. Dude, you're hyping me up for this game, man. I'm ready. I'm, Let's go. I can't wait. I can't wait. I wish I had more notes for the Niners, but. Also, I was just ready to get this podcast rolling, so I didn't have a lot of time. I didn't have as much time. I should have been doing this throughout the week, but I didn't, so it's fine. It. Whatever. Right. They're both going to be super yeah. exciting games. I think it's going to be a good weekend of football. You, you, you. All right, so we're going to skip ahead to our last thing on the docket here and finish the show up. We are going to end with some movie recommendations. Well, I have some random thoughts, too, at the end. Oh, yeah, let's at do the them. End end. I love some Oh, okay. Actually, I'll just do it now. So, I I took my phone into a a phone fix place. Uh And uh, my my chargers wouldn't stay in my charging port in my iPhone. So, I'm like, hey, look, is there something wrong with it? Is it broken? Do I need to buy a part to this guy? He's like, give me a sec. Get some tweezers out. There's like an (laughs) inch of lint in my goddamn port. And I'm looking at him like, oh, my God, I feel like an idiot. But he's like, don't just stick sharp things in there. I'm like, thank you. All right. So I'm like, well, actually, I came in here for a charging cord. So uh, where do you got him? He's like, over there. 
I really didn't want to buy a charging cord, so I paid it for a $27 charging cord. And I was kind of pissed, but at the same time, my phone's better, so I'm not. <laughs> One of my friends right. asked me to do a half marathon with them. Yeah. You have to be really good friends to ask someone that. I don't think I'm going to do it, though. <laughs> and so you're really, just going to bail on it? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I guess I can try, but I really don't want to. I want to do like a Tough mutter more than anything. Oh, yeah. Tough mutter looks fun. I would probably die, but Tough mutter looks fun. What's this half marathon? Like 13 miles? Yeah, yeah it's 13.1. And then uh, Tough mutter is only like, it's like a 5K, so it's only like two or three miles, though. So. That's I'm not even gonna be able to do the one mile yeah. for the beer mile. All right, moving on. Okay, do you have a movie recommendation? Oh, do I? Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Do you want me to go first? Do you want? Do you want to go first? Okay, my movie is Logan Lucky. So oh, okay. It's got Colo Ren, which if you don't know him, he's oh, a bad Star guy Wars. in Star Wars. Oh, it is. Shit. Dude, I'm on fire today. Magic with Mike. With my guesses. And James Bond. Wait, Tatum or uh, McConaughey? Tatum. Okay. And then the James Bond. Ooh. So it's got Adam Driver, I was actually- Cham Tatum, and Daniel Craig. And really all it is, it's a West Virginia version of Ocean's 10. <laughs> I love that comparison. So if you if you're looking problem. for it, I have Prime, so I watch it on Prime. It's free on there. So watch that movie. It's great. It has hilarious uh, interaction with each other. Not interaction, dialogue. So watch it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it now. I've been wanting to watch that for a while, but after that recommendation, oh, we need a. Oh, we need right. a so I thought rating. of the rating actually because the guy has a Adam Driver has a prosthetic like forearm in it. So yeah. I am going one to five prosthetic arms rating. It's it's a forearm and your scale wasn't a four. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the foreskin but one, man. It's still a prosthetic <laughs> arm, all right. Uh yeah, and, you could have gave it one to four. And he's a bartender. One dude. to four percent. That's got to be tough to like toss the bottles around. He does it very well. Don't worry. So I nice. give it a five. It's it's amazing. Just watch it. All right. So my movie recommendation, it is on Netflix. It's a mini series. It is the Aaron Hernandez documentary, which I realized just now that I didn't actually write the actual name of it down. What is it? I don't even know. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, God dang it. I just wrote Aaron Hernandez doc. <laughs> so look it up. You'll see it. It's like in, inside the mind of a killer. I feel like that's another yeah, one. Yeah, another that's documentary. like every documentary on Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's an Aaron, docu- uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary. It's a three part series of possible potential future guest and good buddy. Cody Heiser recommended it to me the other night. So I wanted to watch some of it before we started this. So I could recommend it. And I got through half of the first one before we started recording and pretty good so far. So yeah, I'm going to keep watching that. I can't really rate it because I haven't watched enough of it yet, uh, but it looks he, intriguing. He I will stab someone 
when he killed him? Shot. He shot him. Shot him. Yeah. One to one to five bullets in the chest. Damn, dude. I think he shot him in the head too, execution style. Um, I'll I'll rate it by um. Uh, touchdowns. Touchdowns. There we go. I will rate it on a four out of five touchdowns on an intrigueness level. I'm not rating the actual doc, but it's intrigueness level right now. Four out of five footballs. Oh, so they were showing Aaron Hernandez as like a youth, like when he was like in high school and stuff. Okay. Dude, his photos, like it's like showing him in class in high school and on the football field. Dude, he looked like a he was already in the NFL compared to his teammates. Like he was huge out there. I bet. He looked he looked like Channing Tatum in uh twenty two jump street <laughs> when he goes back to college <laughs> and he's playing on the team. That's what he looked like out there. He was a manimal in high school. And uh he was like the Connecticut, I think, like player of the state. Yeah. Like he was highly regarded coming out of there. Uh but yeah, obviously that whole deal was a crazy situation if you guys remember it that. But yeah, so I recommend this documentary. Check it out. I think that's it for us, Tanner. Yeah, that's so it. Just, Thanks for stopping by the 401. And we'll uh we'll tweet some of our uh highly I don't even know what to say. Uh our quotes Jesus. and kind of get some uh gifts of it. Yep. So this was uh yeah, great ending to the show here. <laughs> Did you write some stuff down to tweet? Because I don't remember it all. Yeah, I got some. All right, I, cool. I really don't. But All right, well, we will be back Monday, hopefully with some better audio. Again, oh, I want to tell the story. I guess I'll tell the story real quick. So, yeah, the audio issue we had, we had the mics ready to go. The only problem is I can't really record at my house because my dog is not very cooperative. He is extremely loud when he's not getting attention. And if I'm recording just me speaking, but not paying attention to him, gets him all riled up. So there's no place I can put him in the house where you can't hear him yelling for attention. So I took all the stuff and brought it out to the truck. I'm in my driveway <laughs> sitting in my truck recording this. So not good enough Wi-Fi to use the mic. I'm right off the phone right now. So yeah, if my audio is not great. That's why. So kind of apologize for that. So Monday, we should be ready to roll with our best audio yet. And content. Yeah, best content. Every show is the best show. Yep. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for stopping by the 401. We'll see you Monday. Bye. I can hear you. Tanner. Tanner. Oh, wait.
How about now? What'd you do? Yeah. What were you doing? Oh, my mic was off. I didn't know. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, can you hear me? Yeah, Good? I can hear you. Okay. So, we're coming into that song. All right. Did you listen to it? What song? God damn it. Did you not listen to the song? What song? Well, the LSU thing I sent you. No, I didn't listen to it. Oh, dude, you need to listen to it. Do you want to listen to it first? Just play it right now. Uh, can you do it? Like, can we? Yeah, can you play it while we like intro. Well, I'm gonna add the audio in. So, yeah, it's just playing through my headphones. Nice text message. <laughs> yeah, I should probably turn that. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. 